0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bad Take Blake. It is, as of this recording, Monday, June 26th. I've got the College World Series game three on in the background. I'm joined, as always, by my co host, Drew. Go Tigers tonight, boys.
1: Go Tigers.
0: I'm rooting for the meteor, personally. But today we are bringing you a very special episode the Way Too Early 2023 College Football Preview. At this point, we are through with training camp. We have – we know who's going to be on campus this fall. Players can still get into the transfer portal, but at this point, we have some sort of cohesion where we feel like we know what the roster is going to look like going into next year. So we're going to be going over – what was it? Each of the Power Five conferences plus the American, and then I've got a couple of other notables that we might talk about if we have time. But we're going to do the favorite, sleeper, playoff contenders – bus, and what coaches could end up on the hot seat by the end of the year. Before we get into that, when was the last time you went to the Orpheum? The nut or a Christmas story, 2018. So the Orpheum is in the middle of their summer session right now. And from now until July 2nd, downtown Memphis is going to be a little bit of a madhouse because this small production, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Frozen, is playing, and they are doing two shows a day, Thursday through Sunday. And then I think they've got some midweek night shows planned. It's a bunch of -of out-of-towners coming in with little girls dressed in princess costumes, and they're screaming and running all over the street. In downtown, we have these horse-drawn carriages, which are planted outside of the Orpheum. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but that new parking garage going up where that old surface lot used to be across the street has Beale Street Right there between Beale and Front is closed. Peabody Place, the other side of that, that road is very hard to maneuver and half the time is closed. Beale Street on the other side on the weekend heading towards the entertainment district is blocked off. So if the cor- if the horse carriages are stationed out front on this little two-lane road, there's not a lot of room to maneuver. It's creating a real traffic jam. And I'll tell you, I went Thursday for the night show. They had a matinee at two o'clock that afternoon. I left work early so I could meet the people I was meeting to go see this show at four 30 in the afternoon. My parking garage might've been the most dangerous place in America. You have your moms on their second or third glass of wine who are driving these oversized SUVs, trying to make two tight turns around, trying to make a tight turn around the corners in this garage, which is already like kind of tight. And then on top of that, you have all these little girls in princess outfits that are darting back and forth across People walking down the middle of the road.
1: Their moms are just like, and they're just like
0: darting all over yeah. the place. And it's at the end of the day. So the moms are tired. They probably made a day of it. I saw a lot of them whenever I was on my lunch break. They're carrying these girls. It's hot. It's the Memphis summer. Carrying them all around downtown. They're hollering and carrying on for the princesses. They go to the show. They have however many glasses of wine at the show. And then they walk back to this garage, which is a couple blocks from the theater. And they're ready to go home. And some of them have long drives. Yeah, well, they need to
1: go home. Maybe not even drive. If it makes you feel better,
0: even funnier, do not say a bad word about Taylor Swift.
1: I'm not going to say a bad word
0: about her. Even funnier than the matinee is the night performance on Friday and Saturday because you're seeing this let out on Beetle. So these these family, this very family-oriented event, all these girls carrying stuffed animals, Princess dresses, crowns, all these older folks are dressed up. And then you have the scorpion and the motorcycle gangs blaring young Dolph driving by the Orpheum. You have a, a CBD food truck across the street selling meds, food, jello, whatever, whatever you can infuse that stuff with. And then on the corner, you've got your typical homeless partygoers, <laughs> tourists, that are going to get drunk on Beal and or panhandle and solicit. If it makes you feel
1: better, two weeks ago in Chicago, I walk out of my office and there's just girls wearing bedazzled shirts and just walking around everywhere. I look online. Chicago has a little over 45,000 hotel rooms just in like the city. The city of Chicago was at 96% capacity because of Taylor Swift. This girl sold out Soldier Field three straight nights. I mean, she she made $30 million. Who knows how much money she made? It was the craziest thing I've ever seen.
0: So I was listening to someone talk about stadium splits recently, and they said Bruce Springsteen, whenever he did his – was it reunion tour he demanded from metlife stadium like a 90 10 split where he kept 90 percent of the ticket sales i have to imagine taylor swift can pull something similar off because if you don't want to pay her you know screw you i'll I'll go to the next venue i'm selling out every venue and i going you have to think like they'll make their money up in concessions or parking or some other facet that they have because they don't get they usually don't get profits from the merch Usually the artists will bring that in. Sometimes there's like a 50-50 or a 60-40 split, but generally whoever's coming into the stadium will bring their own merch and and they'll sell it with their own people.
1: I saw a thing where Taylor Swift is actually one of the few artists that demands 50%, or it might be more than that, but at least 50% of her merch. And then also... Depending on the capacity of the venue, she charges. So, like each show for this one, she demanded five million, and then after that, everything they get to keep.
0: Just five million flat. Five million flat for her to come out on stage. Man, that's crazy. I so there was. A, I'm trying to figure out how much I can say. Drake is supposed to perform in Memphis this week. It got pushed till August. And Future, so, right? Yeah, Future's coming. I don't think he's this week. Drake did not sell out, or has not yet sold out, the FedEx Forum. So I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder, like, what his ticket split is. What can he demand? And it it really shows Taylor Swift is a one of, one of a kind type of performer. That's what I was about to say. Like,
1: think about how famous Drake is, and if Taylor
0: Swift and had a Drake show, and Drake is in Memphis, very much in the market for Memphis.
1: Definitely in the market for Memphis. If Taylor Swift had a show in Memphis, it would be. It would sold be at the Liberty Bowl, in, and it would be sold out. In, in minutes. In First time minutes. the Liberty Bowl would have
0: been sold out since 2019. Fuck you. I knew that was <laughs> All funny. right. That's a good transition. Let's get into some football. Let's go. That being said, I do love Taylor Swift, but her fan base is a fucking cult. Yeah, it is. Speaking of cults, we're going to start off with the the conference with the most cults. All the cults. The SEC. It just means it's More. more. Just means more. Uh, SEC obviously has dominated college football for the better part of the 21st century, including every national title since 2014, and have won. Honestly, it's bad because I've lost count. Every title except for one since 2007. That's correct.
1: That's right.
0: That's correct because Ohio State is 2014. Clemson won two. Oh, yeah, you're right. They're basically SEC though. What? <laughs> they will be.
1: Yeah, eventually, everybody. I, will I do. Be.
0: Man, I do tend to memory hole Clemson, and I think that has a lot to say about the dynasty that is Alabama and the surgence of Georgia that we've seen the last couple of years. I think a lot of those Clemson teams are starting to get lost in the in the shuffle. So, do you want to do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? How do you want to do this? So I think this is easy for the SEC. I, I mean,
1: I have teams. I, I just don't see Georgia losing the I just yeah. don't see them losing it this year. I, okay. I think you probably have the same thing as I do. There's some teams that I definitely think will contend, and
0: but at the so, end of the day,
1: I, I think Georgia's the team to go.
0: With. Let's do it Let's do it like this. I think the order I gave you was favorite, playoff contender, sleeper, bust, hot seat. Let's do it in that order. And then let's go, one of us will give, then the other will give, and we'll talk about it. So, as you said, Georgia's the favorite. Georgia has a stupid, easy schedule. Their their two toughest games are in November, whenever Ole Miss plays in Athens. And then they have their first real road game against quality competition whenever they come to Knoxville the next week. Georgia will be in it. Unless Tennessee beats Georgia, Georgia will be in Atlanta. And even if Tennessee beats Georgia, if Tennessee loses to Texas A&M and Alabama or to, you know, Alabama and someone else, Georgia's not going to lose two conference games. So Georgia being the favorite, it might be chalk, but it's correct. And then after that, you've got who, the playoff contenders. So obviously, obviously, Georgia, I don't feel the need to reiterate that. Bama, as long as Nick Saban is there, will always be a playoff contender. This is probably the biggest question mark year that we've had since 2010, whenever they lost three games. They've got a very tough out-of-conference game. It is at home, but a lot of people have Texas and Alabama circled week two. We That's going to be a game that comes up whenever we get to the Big 12 as well. But some people think that Texas is going to be really good. I think it's more that there's just a lot of questions about where is Alabama going to be elite. That secondary, I feel pretty confident saying is going to be elite, but you lose Will Anderson. You use Henry Toa Toa. I don't know what the linebackers are going to look like. They usually have solid linebackers. But on the offensive end, you have a new quarterback. You have a new offensive coordinator. You don't have any elite receivers. You don't have an elite running back that has emerged at this <laughs> point. Same thing for receivers there, too.
1: We don't have elite receivers. That well, have they didn't
0: have an elite receiver team. last year.
1: Yeah, I... I, I...
0: It's and hard you to have
1: two years in a row they don't have anybody that's elite.
0: But I see what you're saying. And we're back after some minor technical difficulties. So, yeah, Bama does not have – has not yet emerged an elite receiver or an elite quarterback. I don't know. I'm not going to go game by game on their schedule, but Tennessee, I think, is definitely a threat for them. Other playoff contenders, Tennessee. I mean, LSU. You, yeah, LSU is definitely the popular pick. I I have one more, but I'm going to save it for my sleepers. Okay. Anybody else that you have that I haven't mentioned? So we've got Tennessee, Georgia, Bama, LSU. I think those are all.
1: LSU is mine, so I, I don't, yeah. yeah other than I, think,
0: I think the general public might argue Tennessee is not one of those. Potentially a hot take here. I think Tennessee is going to be better from all areas this year than they were last year are they taking a step back at quarterback probably are they taking to be
1: determined though i mean i've seen really good stuff about joe milton i'm not sold on him but i've seen good stuff
0: hendon hooker was leading the heisman discussion through nine ten weeks last year until he tore his acl joe Milton, you can still be a very good quarterback and take a step back from what hendon hooker has delivered the last few years i think joe milton's very good i think I think Joe Milton could be a Heisman finalist. Like I think the offense works to his favor. And then people might say that they're taking a step back in terms of wide receiver. I actually think they're getting better at wide receiver. I think Dante Thornton is that much of a difference maker. Cedric Tillman is good, but he was injured most of last year. Brew McCoy comes back. Romel Keaton comes back. Squirrel White should see some more playing time. The thing I'm most worried about at this point is our offensive line because we had a lot of experience last year. I need to go back and look at who's coming back. I know we lost at least one, maybe two, and then on the defensive side, I think we will. I think the D line will be better, more experienced under Rodney Garner. I think we bring in some really interesting edge rushing linebackers, and I'm excited to see whatever we can do at DB. Defense doesn't have to be great; just has to be good enough. enough.
1: I, I was I was talking to a guy I work with about this, and I'm curious what your opinion is. Do you think did you expect more out of Hendon Hooker last year than you expect? This is the best way I can think to to, to ask this question. Did you expect more out of Hendon Hooker last year, or do you expect more out of Joe Milton than you did Hendon Hooker the year before that? Because in my opinion, Hinden Hooker kind of is coming in the same way that Joe Milton is, as where, you know, people some people are hot on him, some people are like, yeah, you know, whatever. He's he's all right.
0: Joe Milton is more talented than Hendon Hooker. Joe Milton is a better athlete than Hendon Hooker. Joe Milton has been in the system now for three years where Hendon would have been in it for two, and this will be the third year. I think I'm expecting more out of Joe Milton because he's capable of it and because I was able to see what Heipel could put together last year on the field, and that's not a knock on Hooker. It's just, Heupel raised the expectation by winning 11 games, and I think, I think he's had enough time to develop under Hypel. A lot of people are pointing to that freshman year at Michigan where he was playing with a broken thumb and his coach wouldn't let him get surgery until the end of the season because he didn't have anybody else. I think you people need to understand, players develop, freshmen develop. A guy playing with a broken thumb is not 100% whether he's a freshman or whether he's you know, Peyton Manning playing with a broken thumb for the Broncos. Hinden Hooker developed. Yeah. Hinden Hooker. Like, a ton. Would you have ever said that the Hinden Hooker we saw last year was the Hinden Hooker that we saw at Virginia? They look like two mm. different people.
1: Yeah. That's what made me ask that
0: question. Joe Milton stats last year 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 64% completion rate. I'll take that. Sleeper oh, teams.
1: I'm going to have a shaved head here come next year if he has a season like that. Sleeper teams, you go first. Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State's going to be a good uh, – their experience, they got a lot of players coming back. I think they're going to be tough to beat this year. I think it's going to be something that maybe you don't you're, – you're not like, oh, I'm dreading playing them, but it's somebody you're going to have to bring your best every, every Saturday
0: that you play them. My knee-jerk reaction is that's a weird pick. However, I've seen some people picking Mississippi State to win three games this year. Mississippi State is very much, I think eight and four is probably the ceiling for them because it is hard to install new stuff, and you still do play Alabama, and they do play my other sleeper pick on here. They also play LSU and Ole Miss, which are always you know tough games. I'm higher on them than a lot of other people – But whenever I'm thinking sleepers, I'm thinking potentially 10-win teams, potentially New Year 6-type teams. And I got to tell you, man, Texas A&M has all the talent. And if if Jimbo can get out of his way and Bobby Petrino can do his thing, I could very realistically see Texas A&M beating Alabama in College Station this year. I think they are a very interesting dark horse to win the SEC West. I've done my picks before. And I do. I think LSU is going to beat them to get revenge for last year. But I don't hate Texas A&M putting them in a nine and three, ten and two era. On the on the East, another team that plays a favorable schedule like Georgia really only has to win. You know, in the SEC, you can make a New Year Six Bowl with nine wins. If all these teams have nine or ten wins, that's not going to happen. But Kentucky getting their offensive coordinator back. Who had them at 10 wins two years ago, getting a quarterback like Devin Leary, who I think I think Kentucky's fine under the radar for a lot of people. I wouldn't be surprised if we looked up and they were 10 and 2 at the end of the year with losses to Georgia and Tennessee. I think they might also have Alabama this year. I can't remember their schedule exactly. Well, I don't know.
1: I I feel like Texas a low hanging fruit. I've always felt like that. I, I, I don't I feel, feel like comfortable
0: enough. Fruit. I don't feel comfortable enough to put them in the playoff contender slot. But I think a sleeper is a good one. And going from five and seven to nine and three, that is good improvement. Definitely. Busts. I'm gonna go first on this one. I have two teams that I'm thinking of here. First one, Florida, and I have their schedule pulled up. They have to play Utah at Utah. I think Utah's going to take a step back from last year, but Florida doesn't have Anthony Richardson to bail him out. I'm going to assume their QB is going to be Graham Mertz. I don't think Graham Mertz is going to get it done there. A lot of games, they, they were be able to be bailed out by the raw talent of Anthony Richardson last year. They don't have that. Looking at their schedule, Utah, loss. Maine State, win. Tennessee, loss. Charlotte, win. Kentucky, loss. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a toss-up for me. They lost to Vanderbilt last year. South Carolina. I lean South Carolina on that one. Like, they could get to October 28th after their bye when they play Georgia and have not been above five hundred all year. And after that, so say Vanderbilt's a toss-up. Say you win that. Okay. Your wins at this point in the season are McNeese State, Charlotte, and Vanderbilt and you've already lost one, two, three, four games, you go Georgia, Georgia will be your fifth game, you still have to play LSU, you still have to play Florida State, and you still have to play Arkansas. I think there's a very real scenario. And I, In fact, I, I was watching Josh Pate earlier. I know the over-under for wins this year is at 5.5. I'm taking the under on that. I don't think they make a bowl. Wow. The other that team is a little I ball. have— The other bus team I have, and I got to put a clarification on this. Last year, South Carolina went eight and four. They had two very big wins against Clemson and Tennessee. Drew, I think I stole the one you had. Do you want to take it away? you want to take it away?
1: I don't have any faith in in Spencer Radler. I think he got lucky at the end of the year. I think they lost enough players. They kept a lot. They're pretty experienced. They kept a decent amount of players. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're that great of a team. I don't see them. People are riding high on them after that year they had last year. I do not see them being the team everybody thinks they're going to be.
0: They have two very tough out-of-conference games. They have North Carolina to start the year and Clemson to close the year out. Clemson and Tennessee, you can for sure bet they have those games circled. I wouldn't be surprised if South Carolina got blown out in both of those games. One of them's in Knoxville, one of them's in Columbia. It's not going to bode well for them. And, you know, looking at that, if you remove those two wins, they're 6-6 six six last year. And then it's a very tight line. Like, I called the Florida game for them a toss-up. I will actually lean South Carolina on that. But for a team that has manufactured a bunch of expectations, what it really reminds me of is whenever Butch Jones started going eight and four and winning the bowl to get to nine games, Tennessee fans started thinking we're about to start competing for the SEC East. I think that's what South Carolina fans are thinking. I think South Carolina fans are about to be disappointed. And I have one more,
1: and I don't even know if you can consider this a bust because I don't know how well you think this team's going to be. I don't think Arkansas is going to be good this year, and we'll get into other stuff later. That's all I'm going to say I I, because I I have a –
0: This gives me a good segue to my hot seat.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say.
0: I had I have Sam Pittman written on here, and I actually looked up their schedule for 2023 because they do have a tough out-of-conference schedule, but they do bring back K.J. Jefferson, who's a good quarterback. He's probably a top-six quarterback in the SEC this year. He's definitely a top-six quarterback in the SEC this year. He might be a top-three coming into the season because there's a lot of question marks at a lot of other places. I mean... But their defense is atrocious. Yeah. It so this, is so bad. This is their schedule. Western Carolina, that's a win. Kent State's a win. BYU, it's at Arkansas, but BYU is still, like, it's not a team to sleep on. And Arkansas lost to Liberty last year. Like, I don't think we can just pretend like that didn't happen. And then after BYU, I'm calling that a toss-up. You play in Death Valley at LSU. You play Texas A&M in Dallas. And I think a and going to be pretty good. Loss. You play Ole Miss in Oxford. Uh, Loss. You play Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Loss. So you could be looking at four or five losses going into October 21st, whenever Mississippi State comes to town.
1: Yeah, I, I have Pittman at, at, on my hot seat, and yeah. it's not even necessary. Like they have not been able to win win big games.
0: I think they there's won. a couple in
1: there. What, they which won which, won which one am games I forgetting? His second year. Okay. Well, I I just I don't know I I. However, does this
0: the second half of the schedule is a lot easier than the first half? Their last four games are Florida in the swamp, which in the swamp is tough, but Florida might be really down at that point. Auburn at home. I don't think Auburn's going to be very good, but I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't be caught napping on Hugh Freeze either. And then FIU, which should be a win and Missouri at home. Missouri and Arkansas have been a very interesting rivalry the last couple years. It's been neck and neck. It's not I wouldn't chalk it up as a win. It's definitely a toss up for me, but Arkansas is not a terrible team to have in your bust category. Pittman is definitely a name that could end up on the hot seat at the end of the year. The other name, Billy Napier. I think Billy Napier is going to get fired after this year. I don't think Florida makes a bowl. I just I am not a believer. People, he what might save him, they've got a really good recruiting class for 2024 right now. That might save him. But recruiting classes have plenty of time to fall apart.
1: That's true. I hate that we have the same on this, but I'm I'm the same way. And, and Florida I just, just like, hit a
0: home run to go up 2-0 against LSU. Are you fucking kidding me? You're lying right now. I know you are. I'm not. I'm watching the game.
1: College, man. You motherfuckers. So Dude, maybe maybe I'm...
0: the baseball team will make up for your bad football and basketball teams. Let's move and on to I'm our second. Lag
1: on this game, so we cannot risk this.
0: Let's move on to our second team, the Big Ten. Some people would call them the second premier conference in college football. I would not. I think the Big Ten is poo poo outside of two teams. Favorite to win, Michigan. It has to be Michigan. They've won the last two. They bring back a lot of their team. They're gonna have a Heisman front runner. Maybe not. Front runner, front runner, but definitely someone that's going to be on a lot of Heisman lists early in the season. And Blake Corum, Cade Cunningham, is that their quarterback? That's a basketball player.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, he he plays for Detroit. He's
0: yeah, who's the who's the quarterback?
1: Distant. I know who. What's his name? I I he's I literally just looked him up earlier. I don't know why I can't remember his name. We're at the cut. JJ McCarthy, that's his yeah, name.
0: JJ McCarthy, he's coming back. He's good enough to win in that system. Harbaugh well, and he's back, and he, you yeah, know, he, he'll be people people get better. Yeah, players develop. He yeah. definitely got better down the stretch of last year. Definitely, playoff contenders: Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, the,
1: I mean that's obvious. I don't see anybody else in that. In that, group. I, I don't, no one sees anyone else in that. I don't okay. care how much you like Iowa or Iowa people, State or
0: Illinois people, or Iowa State's in the Big Twelve. People me. Are arguing Penn State. And I understand it. Penn State is going to have a really good defense. They're going to have a better quarterback than Sean Clifford. But James Franklin has not proven to me that he can beat Ohio State or Michigan. If there was ever a year for him to beat Ohio State and come up to that second spot, it's this year because Ohio State has a new quarterback, but they still have two of the best wide receivers in the country in Marvin Harrison Jr., and I don't remember the other guy. I know I think his name starts with an N, but he's also very good. I was watching tape on him earlier. i'm I'm not putting I'm not putting them in that category yet. Sleepers. Iowa. Iowa's very interesting because they're always in the mix as far as the big ten West is concerned. But you know a seven and five team can win the West. I think a seven and five team or an eight and four team did win the West last year. You have Luke Fickle and Matt Rule, first-year head coaches with Nebraska and Wisconsin, respectively. Matt Rule's quietly putting together a pretty good 2024 recruiting class. It's not going to help him this year, though. I don't consider either of them sleepers. Michigan State, I think, is going to be bad. Like, they have not gotten yeah, anywhere they needed yeah. to. If I'm going to put a sleeper, I think I'm going with P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. Fleck's a good coach. The West has always is wide open and he put it together a couple of years ago, had a 10 win season, had a nine win season last year, almost won the West. I think Fleck, if I'm, if I'm picking, it's, it's probably the golden Gophers out of Minnesota. I think they could be a 10 win type team. And then you start getting into this interesting question of what happens if Minnesota just pulls off a miracle and beats, assumably Michigan in the big 10 title. No way they're in the. What we'll no? We'll talk about that right? later. Okay. Well, I mean, if they win the West, yeah, because they still have divisions.
1: Yeah, but uh, anyway, we'll 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 get to that. Um, bust the the Big Twelve is int- Can we go to that? Because I think that's uh, gonna. Yeah, be- let's
0: finish. Let's finish the Big Ten. Big 12's next. Okay. Okay. Bust. Who do you have? as a bust.
1: I mean, this is so hard for me. Like, I think Wisconsin's not going to be that good. I know they got a new coach, but,
0: like, I don't think they're going to be good. People are a little high on them. People are high on Luke Fickle. I don't think they're necessarily high on Wisconsin yet. I think they're buying stock long-term. Teams that I think are just going to be – you have to frame this correctly. But if Ohio State loses to Michigan for the third straight year, gets shut out of the Big Ten title game, and then also – loses to Penn State, which I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. Ten and two is a bust as far as Ryan Day and his coaching tenure are concerned. Ohio State has been to the playoff how many times since Urban Meyer took over since the playoffs were initiated? I mean scumbag. They played in the national title game two years ago and lost to Alabama. It feels like the, the program would be definitely taking steps back the last three years if they were to lose to Michigan and Penn State. And then you throw in some other random game like Maryland. Oh, once again, Ohio State doesn't have a quarterback this year. That's a huge qu- position to just have a question mark at a team that is known to be an offensive powerhouse with a struggling defense. I think the defense is going to be the defense took a step forward last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, with those receivers, man, I don't really see a world where I, I'm. Not, maybe they don't got to get take, them the ball. I understand that, but like I. I look at them as not taking a step forward, but it's going to be,
0: I mean, if unless there's a Penn total state game, if, if Penn State's going to have the number one defense in the big 10. Big,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: If you, and I'm, that's just two games that you're, that I'm talking about in terms of an Ohio state fans mind, where they think that they should be competing for a national title. They should be in the playoff. That is a bust of a season. The other team that I have, Michigan state did not improve in I, any way. Went 5-7 and seven last year after a 10-win season the year before. And which brings me to my hot seat, Mel Tucker. Getting paid a lot of money, so might not get fired, but he'll be on the hot seat if he goes 5-7 and seven again. And Other- I...
1: I agree with you here because it seems like everyone else has gotten better and I don't see where they have gotten better. You mentioned Minnesota earlier. I think they've gotten better. Wisconsin's on their way way to getting better, might be better this year. Penn State's going to be better. All these teams are getting better and they seem to be getting worse. So I agree with you here.
0: I have one other coach on my hot seat for the Big Ten, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern head coach. A lot of the times, it doesn't matter what you do at Northwestern, but Pat Fitzgerald has good, say. pretty consistently done bad season, eight-win season, good win season for what I consider basically the Vanderbilt of the Big Ten. Okay, He had a 10-win season not too terribly long ago, but he's had two really bad seasons in a row, including last year where they didn't win a game on American soil. Their only win was against Nebraska in Ireland. If he goes one and 11 again, you can, that'll put anybody on the hot seat. Big 12.
1: Oh, this is what I was excited for.
0: You start us off.
1: Favorite. So I had thought about this a lot. And it, the reason I thought about this was a lot because between sleeper and winner of the Big 12, I had trouble with. Because I think both of these teams are going to be very good. And it's hard to say Texas is not going to win the Big 12 this year. They're very good. They're very talented. I'm going to go with Texas.
0: Texas is definitely the favorite at this point. Texas could Texas could fill every single category for the Big 12. If Like, you could spin it anyway. But Quentin Ewers, Arch Manning, once again, everyone circling that Alabama game. It is worth mentioning Texas lost Bijan Robinson, probably the best, definitely top five back in the country last year. Had a lot of Heisman hype last year, but you don't win the Heisman whenever you lose four or five games in a year. Continue. So Texas is my favorite as well. Continue. Who do you have as contenders for the playoff? K-State. I also have Kansas State, and I think it's a very good pick.
1: I do, too. There are quarterbacks coming back. A lot Adrian of Martinez. F- yes, like Adrian they Martinez. Yes.
0: Adrian Martinez. Last year, Kansas State had their first 10-win season since 2012. Adrian Martinez transferred there from Indiana, and he basically turned his career around. He comes back this year. They keep a lot of that team. People forget Kansas State won the Big 12 last year. It is not crazy to think that they could repeat. It is not crazy to think that they could compete For a playoff spot, it's also not crazy to think that the Big 12 doesn't have any playoff contenders this year. I think the conference has a lot more clear, like, there's a lot more of a clear idea of who is going to be the best. Whereas last year we came in and we thought it was just going to be a bunch of mid-level teams, which was going to make great football every week, but didn't necessarily say, it's like, oh, there's a championship contender. This year, I think Kansas State is very much a playoff contender. Texas is a playoff contender. And then I have a sleeper here. I don't think people are talking about them as much as they should, but Oklahoma is just as talented as anybody.
1: I don't know. I I think – and I saw this on – I hate to mention the guy, but Colin Coward the other day. I think Oklahoma is – going to be one of the biggest losers over the next five years as far as falling behind and just not really being able to capitalize. I, I, I think I disagree. I, I think going into the SEC is going to. It
0: just I oh, don't whoa. see go. If you look at Oklahoma since 1950, they are a top five program in the country. More conference okay. titles than Texas. Heisman winners. They got them more national titles than Texas. Oklahoma, like people think Texas is the tent pole of the Big 12. It is Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the brand that has upheld that conference for years. They have never had, they, they went six and six last year. That is their worst season since 1998. That's a long time to be above 500 and not have a losing season, including several playoff appearances, several Heisman contenders, a New Year's six game wins. Oklahoma, based on their history, have a much better chance of succeeding in the SEC than Texas does. I think they will both be losers at first.
1: No way. They Texas do. will thrive, dude. And no, I'm not saying Oklahoma won't. I don't think I think there's a lot of challenges they have to overcome but Texas uh, t- Texas has a clearly higher chance to to be successful. They have a higher chance to be mode.
0: successful in the first 2 years but you know say something happens, Arch Manning transfers, Quinn Ewers doesn't work out. We are banking a whole lot on a couple of quarterbacks, one who has not played a single down at the collegiate level. We're banking a whole lot on Steve Sarkeesian, who does not have a winning record as a head coach. I trust Brent Venables. I've seen the defenses he's built. Last year was a growing pains year. It happens. I think Oklahoma is a sleeper to bounce back in a big way. Maybe not contend for a playoff position, but they're not going to get blown out playing Texas again this year like they did last year. Another team that I have as a sleeper is Baylor. I'm very high on Dave Arianda Arianda he won the big 12 two seasons ago like him a lot as a head coach I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of nowhere made some noise cost some upsets busts I'm gonna keep the mic for a second Texas is my bust everyone is thinking playoffs man what have you seen from them that tells you that they're gonna make the playoffs they lost a large part of their offensive production in Bijan Robinson They do play at Alabama. That's not an easy game to win. And if you lose that game, you're basically playing from behind since week two. Defense isn't great. Sarkeesian has not proved that he's an elite head coach yet. If there's any team to circle to be a bust, it's Texas. Because I don't think people are expecting TCU to repeat. So TCU
1: was what I was about to say. I think people still have high hopes for TCU. I'm not necessarily – saying that i mean obviously i don't think people think that they're going to make it back to to the you know the four but that being said i do think people still think they're going to be very good and i just don't see it i i see them losing three three games maybe even four i mean i, I mean a nine and three
0: season after losing your heisman finalist quarterback is still a very good season and historically would be a good season for tcu
1: yeah, maybe historically, but, like, I, it, it, it's going to put them in a weird spot because, like, I don't think if they end up playing, like, let's say that they lose three games and they end up playing a, you know, an Alabama, they're going to lose that game.
0: In what, the Sugar Bowl?
1: It would be, yeah, I, I, whatever the fir- – what's the first three out? Sugar, cotton, and what?
0: So Big Twelve has a tie to the sugar. I don't know what the what the playoff games this year are. I don't either. But yeah, like I last, think last year it was sugar cotton and orange bowl. I, I
1: think them running that puts them in a position to lose badly to a very, very good team like Alabama, for example. Cause like I, I don't no one no one knows anything about Alabama. No one's well, for sure
0: about anything. To be nine and three, I'm gonna. They're not in the playoff. You're not gonna be in the playoff with three no losses. No chance. You're not gonna be in the playoff with two losses. I don't know. I mean, you say Alabama, but it could very well easily be a matchup with Tennessee, Texas A&M, LSU. So I get what you're saying, but nine and three, I think I wouldn't consider that a bust for TCU. Some of it is like you got to manage your expectations. You know, I've thrown out two teams where their fans have a lot of high expectations on them in Texas and Ohio State. And if you don't meet those expectations, you know, it's a bust of a season. So, what's a bust for Tennessee? Eight and four. Losing to Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and Kentucky. Hmm. I mean, I I don't disagree.
1: I I I would literally, and I will do this. I will bet a, a large amount of money on Tennessee against South Carolina this year. It, it whatever I'll bet money line spread like I that game is so they they fucked y'all last year. They really did. So
0: I will. Oh, I have it circled. I, do you <laughs> have any other teams in the bus category before we move on to hot seat? No, not really. Steve Sarkeesian, hot seat. If Texas busts, he's going to be in the hot seat. If Texas goes eight and four, he's gonna be in the hot seat. I agree with that. Count out their losses for me. K State, Alabama, Oklahoma. There's another one in there somewhere. They could very well go eight and four, seven and five.
1: They could How also that- go
0: eleven and one. How good is
1: is Miranda? Is that his name?
0: Yeah, I have him in my sleeper category for Baylor. I think he's a really good head coach. I don't know what I do that. I did too, roster but if, looks if, like. if they do bad this
1: year, that, that I was going to say, I, I no, him
0: He's not on the hot seat. He won the Big 12 2 years ago. He's not on the hot seat. Expectations He's only at been there
1: since tw- he's been there since 2020 though. And they I mean, they weren't bad last year. They won year, the but they Big 12 great. 2
0: years ago. Yeah, I mean, people have been let go
1: for less, but yeah.
0: But the expectations at Baylor are different than the expectations at Texas. That's true. Pac 12 Favorite USC. Yeah, this is stupid. That Fucking Pac 12 makes me so mad. Favorite USC. Contenders for the playoff. Oregon, Utah, Washington.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Utah as well. I think I think Wait, Oregon and U- U- Utah State beat. Was it Utah that beat USC twice last year? Or Utah State. Utah, Utah. U- Utah okay. State is in the Mountain West. Okay, yeah. Yeah, then yeah, definitely Utah.
0: I think Utah is probably the third or the fourth team out of those four. I think in order, it's USC, Washington, Oregon, and then Utah. That'll be competing for spots.
1: You really like Oregon over
0: No, I like Washington. Utah. I like Washington over both of them.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Oregon got the coach from, what was it, Notre Dame or Georgia? Georgia. Georgia, yeah, No, Georgia. no,
0: wait. It's Ole Miss's offensive coordinator. It's Dan Levy. Dan Levy, okay. I don't know. I, it might be David Levy.
1: I think that'll be an interesting an, an interesting story. I was actually I surprisingly hot on USC last year, and they let me down. So
0: Still don't have a defense, but you don't need one in the Pac-12. Utah's the closest thing to a defense. Michael Penix Jr. returning for Washington. Real interesting player. Led the nation in passing yards last year. Someone I have on my early Heisman watch list. I think Washington could win the Pac-12, but I think USC is definitely the favorite. They're returning the Heisman winner. Still don't have a defense.
1: This is an interesting argument, and I want everyone to hear this because I've had this argument with a lot of people that I work with. Does Caleb Williams playing in that conference, is that a negative towards his ability? I think he's has a ton of ability. I think he's very talented. He had no. his worst game against the 37th best deep. The best defense he played all year was the 37th best defense, and he had 17 points. 17. I, I think, think it's
0: more an indicator of Lincoln-Riley's system because we saw Caleb Williams in the Big 12. The Pac-12 is, at this point, a much better conference than the Big 12 is. You have four legitimate title or er, playoff contenders –
1: You mean the Big 12 is better than the Pac-12?
0: No, the Pac-12 is better than the Big 12. They were last year. They are this year. Okay. Because the Big 12 really didn't have a playoff contender last year. Whenever we saw what Oklahoma was going to be, I don't think anyone really thought that they had one until TCU just kind of emerged from the Pac. K-State was
1: a good team last year.
0: Yeah, but you they weren't going to play for the playoff. I don't think anyone yeah, thought Kansas okay. State was going to be making the playoff. I think they thought it was a bunch of average to above-average teams in a conference. Makes for exciting football because there's a lot of parity. Doesn't make necessarily for championship-winning football. I think the Pac-12 is very top-heavy. USC, Oregon, Utah, Washington, a team we haven't talked about yet, UCLA and Oregon State also had very good years last year. Then at the bottom, Stanford, Cal, Arizona, Arizona State. State. To answer your question no i don't think it's a knock against his ability because he goes toe to toe with some really good offenses as well but defenses but like and 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 like if you look
1: at the utah games last year he got beat twice he is obviously lost
0: to missouri last year i you can't look at him in a microcosm of one game you got to look at him he got beat twice by the same team second time and he was th- injured though and he looked he, like he played a heck of a game but he was injured the second time I know he played a heck of a game, dude, but I I am not a Caleb Williams apologist, but you are trying to write him off and I will not allow it. I just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, everyone's so high on him.
1: And it's like, dude, the, the, you, the best defense you played all year last year was Oregon state. You scored 17 points. That's, that's not good. Was it Utah or was it Oregon state? It was Oregon state was the best, was the best. It might've been the 27th best defense in the country. Point is still there sleepers,
0: Oregon State. I think Oregon, I, State agree. Could, I think Oregon State could win nine games this year. Oregon State was my team. I think Utah was another
1: team that I had that I, that I think will turn out being pretty good again.
0: I but, have yeah. Washington on my sheet, but I already talked about them a lot for the contender section. Who, who's going to be their quarterback this year? It's not. It's Michael Penn, Jr. shooter. Okay, yeah. Bo Nix was there, wasn't he?
1: No, he was at Oregon. Oregon. And he's Oregon, back this yeah. year. He is? Of course he is. He's like 50.
0: The Pac-12 is quietly the best quarterback league in the country. Cam Rising, I think, is back at Utah. Caleb Williams, Heisman winner at USC. Bo Nix is at Oregon. DJ Ugalele is at Oregon State. Michael Penix Jr. at Washington. And then Chip Kelly at UCLA. Yeah. Quietly the best. Chip Kelly's the coach, not the quarterback. But, you know, he runs a, a very quarterback favorable offense. Mm-hmm. Bust this year. I got two. Honestly, I don't know the Pac-12
1: to like... Oh, wait, whoa, wait. Colorado? Yeah,
0: they're in the Pac-12. Colorado? Would you call that a bust? I mean, they won two games last year.
1: <sighs> By the book, no. But... For how people, for how hot people are on them, maybe
0: that's fair. I have Colorado under my other notables that we could talk about if we have time, because we didn't even talk about UCF, Cincy, or BYU in the Big Twelve, so we might circle back to this one. In terms of teams, ASU gonna suck, gonna be real bad. Again, uh, I don't know who their coach is. Put them on the hot seat. They're gonna be like two and ten type bad. I think I have their I thought I had their stuff pulled up. Yeah. To me,
1: the bust okay. is more like we're expecting. And then
0: well, I think two and ten. I don't think we'd be expecting that. I think we're expecting six and six, seven and five out of them. They're they got southern Utah as their first game. All right, that's a win. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's not a bad team. I don't think they're gonna contend for the Big 12 this year, but they're not a bad team. Fresno State. Fresno they're... State Fresno State is a sneaky team out of the mountain west. Then they play USC, loss. They go to Cal. That should be a win. Colorado, coin flip. Like, I'm really down on Arizona State. I think they're installing a new coach. I think they've had some off-the-field drama the last couple years. And then the back half of their schedule, they get Washington, Utah, Oregon, UCLA. I also have UCLA as a bust just because, like, we looked up at one point last year, they were 8-0, 9-0, and then they played three straight weeks of Oregon, Washington, and USC. I don't think they're going to have as good a season as last year, but I don't think they're going to be like atrocious. I could see an eight and four scenario. I think there's a lot of potential for teams. They're hovering at like nine and a half wins as the, the benchmark that Vegas has them at. Some of those teams are going to get the 10 wins. Some of those are going to get stuck at eight. UCLA is probably going to get stuck at eight. ACC. Mm, this is another good one. This is an interesting one because I think there's one team that is the favorite, and then there's one team a lot of people want to make the favorite. I think the favorite is still Clemson. Until you can prove that you're not the favorite, or until someone else can prove they are the favorite, it's Clemson. They bring back Will Shipley. Cade Klubnik will be... The full-time starting quarterback, he started the Orange Bowl, which they lost to Tennessee. He looked good, though. He didn't. He didn't look, he didn't look bad, but he didn't look good. But what was the think other I... game
1: he came in that he looked really good? Was it Virginia Tech that they played?
0: Gosh, I don't know. He came in in South Carolina, but they didn't win South Carolina. Clemson is interesting because – the ACC is better this year and they've kind of feasted on an extremely down ACC. They're still the favorite to win, but they're not for the first time in a long time they are not the only team from the ACC that is a playoff contender. And I'm not I'm not counting Notre Dame that covid year because they're not a full-time ACC member. The other the the team I have that's a contender is that's Florida my team. State.
1: Yep, that's my that's exactly who I have in my notes.
0: I think Florida State very well could win the ACC and could be in the playoff. They're a good team and I I mean
1: Jordan North Travis
0: is going to be probably the Heisman the Heisman frontrunner is going to be Caleb Williams by default. I don't think he's going to win it. Voters don't like to vote people twice. They certainly don't like to vote him two years in a row. So if you remove Caleb Williams, I think the Heisman, the the two Heisman guys are both ACC quarterbacks. I think it's Jordan Travis and Drake May. But I think Jordan Travis plays in a more has a more favorable path to it. Florida State is obviously a brand that wins Heisman's. I do not have North Carolina in my competing for a playoff spot, though. A lot of people do. I don't. I don't. And that's because I have them in another spot. Bust? Well right, we'll get there. Sleeper <laughs> teams. I, I, Anything you I want to add first... to that before we go, or are we on the same page?
1: We're on the same page. I think Florida State's going to be really good this year. I, Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be really good this year. I, I'm so excited to watch LSU-Florida State on the third. I think that is going to be a decider game, and I think we're really going to have a showcase because both of those teams
0: Bold have, prediction. What? Loser does not make the playoffs.
1: I don't think that's even that bold. I think that's very fair. I mean, I could it get ugly? I think it'd
0: be a lot harder for Florida State to make the playoffs if they lost that first game than it would be for LSU. Suppose you run the table, but...
1: I I think LSU has a way harder time making the playoffs.
0: I mean, they've got a tougher schedule, but if they run the table. Like, if they're both 11-1 and one at the end of the year...
1: Okay, then yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, obviously Florida State has an easier path. The only real game that they have is Clemson after LSU. Sleeper team. Duke. Syracuse. Absolutely not.
1: Sarah, do you do you remember how they played against Clemson last year? They almost beat them.
0: I remember them starting like 6-0 and, oh and then finishing 6-6, six six, which is very Syracuse. Syracuse. Duke went 8-4 last year. Duke returns their starting quarterback. Duke got better in the offseason. LSU is currently leading Florida in the College World Series, 3-2. Let's
1: go! Let's go!
0: They might have just scored another run. We need that. We'll come back to that in a minute. Duke could very well be a nine-win team. Dare I say, could Duke be a 10-win team? Because they play in the Coastal, which is the weaker side of the conference, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Is that right? If Yes. If they're on the side that has Virginia Tech, Virginia, whew, A 10-win Duke football team. Isn't that something to dream about? (laughs) But even still, an an 8-4 Duke team, I think, would be a sleeper for a lot of people, which is what they were last year. Let's cook baby. Now, we have not talked about one very prominent ACC brand yet. And honestly, I don't know where to put them. I believe long-term, the coaching hire they made is going to work out. I believe long-term NIL is going to work out to their benefit. It's already worked out to their benefit in basketball and in uh, women's basketball. I don't know what to do with Miami. I could put them in sleeper category or I could put them in bus category. Right now I have them in bus category because I think their fans think they're going to be a lot better. I think they're probably going to be 7-5, and 6-6 six and six this year. They deserve bust because people people have been putting
1: them in the this is going to be the year for since a buddy of mine, Alex Stevenson, went there and they were preseason ranked like eighth or ninth. I, I just I, they, I have lost. I have gotten hot on them too many times in the last five years and they end up sucking. So I, I, I can't. It's I'm bust on them again.
0: I'm going to give you a fun fact here. Do you know the last ACC team to beat Notre Dame in the regular season? Was who? It was Miami in 2017, coached by Mark Richt. Wow. It has been six years since Miami was contending for a playoff spot, and even that was a one-year flash in the pan. I really think Cristobal is the right guy, and maybe last year was a culture year, just like it was a culture year for, I believe, Oklahoma with Brent Venables. But it's just, it's hard for me to see. I don't know who their quarterback is. I don't know where they're elite at to where I can be like, yes, they're going to contend with Florida State and Clemson to be one of the top three or four teams and maybe go to a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't see that. Other team I have in my bust. Other team you got in my bust category.
1: Tyler Van Dyke's their quarterback, by the way. Yeah,
0: I knew that was their quarterback, but. A lot of people were real hot on him last year. I was not. North Carolina is real interesting. They have Drake May, who I, who probably had the highest transfer value for NIL of all remaining players last year. You know, obviously Caleb Williams, but he wasn't transferring. Drake May was the one that was rumored to transfer. They played two out of conference games against Power Five opponents in their first three weeks. They play at South Carolina, and then Minnesota comes to town. I think they'll beat South Carolina, but if you lose that game – oh, and they also play App State. App State's not a bad team. App State beat Texas A&M last year. App State has a history of beating Power 5 teams. Very well coached, very good mid-major team. They did not beat Tennessee. They beat Michigan.
1: (laughs) How many years ago was that? Y'all played in the first game of the year? was 2016. yeah, who, who was the coach that year? I forgot his name. I need Schultz. to be reminded. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to hear you say his name.
0: <laughs> we beat him, so it doesn't matter. That was the year that we started 5-0. Oh. We're not talking about them. We're talking about North Carolina. <laughs> okay. You look down the stretch at their schedule after that. They play at Pittsburgh. I, Pittsburgh is not a bad team. Syracuse, you're high on Syracuse. Miami comes to North Carolina, and that's probably the point where we're going to know what team they have. If they're three and three going into Miami, they're not it. If they're undefeated, which they could I could see it going either way at this point, then that's a team we're gonna have to start paying attention to. But they close out the year, they play Duke, they go to Clemson, and then they go to NC State. All three of those are very losable games. NC State less than the others, but yeah. NC State, they have the quarterback transfer from Virginia, Brendan Armstrong, I believe. He's reuniting with his offensive coordinator, which kind of unlocked him a couple years ago. He didn't play well last year. The year before that, the off- that offensive coordinator is on the staff at NC State. Might be the head coach. I can't remember. But he kind of unlocked him a little bit. And he he could be, you know, not Heisman numbers, but could be serviceable. So... And then, hot seat. Tony Elliott's on my hot seat. He's the head coach for Virginia. They're bad last year. They're going to be bad again.
1: Mine is a little bit different, and this is a guy that we all used to know, especially if you're a Memphis fan. Do you
0: want to say it? Don't say Justin Fuente. He already got fired. Oh, then we got to cut that. When did he get fired? Last year, okay. Well, then he he was my hot. So we'll have to cut that. How, how did, he got fired. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Look up new. Look up Virginia Tech head coach. He's not the head coach. Anymore. Yeah. It's
1: Brent. It's Brent Pie. Hold on. I'm looking up Justin Fuente. Which again, he- Br-
0: Brent Pye was a fucking lackluster hire by Virginia Tech.
1: Where is Justin Fuente now? He's nowhere. He should have just stayed at Memphis.
0: Hmm. I mean, if you can get power five money, get power five money.
1: Yeah, I guess. Well, damn, we're going to have to cut that now. No, no, no. We're
0: going to leave it in because we're going to circle back to this. The American Athletic Conference, favorite Tulane.
1: Wow, it's weird that you say that because a buddy of mine, I was talking to him about this today, and he said the exact same thing.
0: They kept their really good coach, man. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They kept a lot of that team. Oh, my God
1: mines an easy one i think i think Houston's going to be really good this
0: year i they're not in the american they're in the big 12 not this year they're still in the american nope they are in the big 12 all right well i'm gonna, we're going to have to cut both of this i kind of like football this football schedule there's no way yeah they're all in the big 12
1: i, I did you see that we added
0: yeah you guys are the Fuck you. Don't the, even say it. I know the American God. Athletic so Conference. Nice. Smoked. The Big East has fallen so far, man. They were an automatic qualifier for a New Year's 6 bull bid, and now they're welcoming Florida, Atlantic, North Hey, Texas. Skip to sleepers. We're doing
1: this right now. Florida, no, Atlantic. Not. Florida, Atlantic. Sleeper, market. They're a good team. I think North Texas has potential, but... S- Florida Atlantic's going to be a good team, and you're going to see them rise, not as a power five, obviously, but they're a sleeper team in the AAC this year.
0: You know, I said we're not going to skip down there because I wanted to do playoff contenders, and then I realized there are none. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have ECU and SMU. I like them both. ECU?
1: I had SMU too,
0: but SMU is like sneaky. It. Sneaky, fuck you, rich money in their NIL.
1: So I've been telling people that for years, and I think I said it on like the first podcast. I think SMU will be one of the biggest winners from NIL in the next five years because you remember what Um, they did when they were paying players back in the day.
0: Yeah. Whenever they join the Pac-12, they're going to be really good. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? (laughs) Like, I'm getting all my shots in. You Uh, really think Memphis is just going to
1: be out to dry, just in the AAC, just hanging out?
0: I think whoever leaked that the Big 12 commissioner was in Memphis, screwed y'all, and you should be pissed about it. You really think he would say no because of that? Yes. Why? Who cares? College college sports are petty. And Memphis writers are not good writers. They're not good insiders. They're not good sources because they will sell you down the river every single time.
1: We're not going to get into this because we got into it on Twitter the other day. If it makes money, it makes sense, and there is money to be made in the city of Memphis. There's not. There just is. I mean, There's I'm the sorry, thing. but there just you is. You
0: don't make enough money for the revenue split. We're, 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 we're going to do this in another episode, but it's not just about making money. It's about making money to justify splitting the revenue another way, and you guys don't. If good teams come
1: to Memphis, the fans show up just like they always have throughout history. Name me one solid team, a good team that has come to
0: Memphis and played Memphis. Who's a good team in the Big 12? You don't have Texas. You don't have Oklahoma. Teams, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas, those draw Memphis people because all of their fans live in Memphis.
1: I understand that, but if you bring teams like Texas, Texas Tech, Tech. is not going
0: to get the draw, man. Yes, they are, Texas dude. Tech and yes, Baylor aren't are. going to get the draw. Yes, PCU they on are. you want to year in, year out, they absolutely will not. You are yeah, all yeah, Bust Memphis. Oh my God!
1: You're insane. Look, I'm no, not. I, I, I agree with you there. I don't think Memphis is going to be good. I'm out on Silverfield. That's a whole other podcast. Going to miss the
0: bowl game for the first time in a while. Ryan Silverfield is on the hot seat because y'all already want to fire him. I, I we already want to fire him. You know it's going to be a shame. What? It's gonna be a shame whenever you fire him, and then you hire a coach, and you're back to going two and ten, and nobody's coming to the Liberty Bowl. That's
1: not gonna. How is that? Hasn't happened in the last like fifteen Bro, years.
0: It, it happened less than ten years ago, but it happened like exactly ten years ago because we okay, were in Okay. Yeah. But 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 your attendance in the Liberty Bowl declined ten percent. We From were 2020, good. 2020. You were six and six. You were going to a bowl dude but we like if you
1: look at our attendance in years where we played good teams and we actually had a team that could go out there and compete again we, we played UCLA and damn near know. sold out the liberty bowl with Josh Rosen and you don't think we'll show up with when we get top the fact you that know, you
0: couldn't sell out the liberty bowl for that is insane though there's 50 there's 60 something thousand seats in the liberty bowl what do you 000. mean You you understand that every SEC team are much smaller cities than Memphis and they sell out their stadiums several times a year.
1: That's so much different, dude. That is so much different. This is absolutely a power five team.
0: Do you want to be a power five team? Give us the chance. Texas okay, Texas Tech listen, is selling out their stadium whenever they if go. If we season played six, a
1: number one team and a number ten team and a number fifteen team every single year, year after year,
0: you're imagining playing in the SEC. You're playing in the Big Twelve. You're going to have two ranked teams a year, maybe, and there's not a guarantee you're going to play them every year. You're not joining the SEC West, where you'll have three top ten matchups a year. We're not even going to get into the basketball
1: aspect of this, which adds way more, more fuel to my fire, but just talking about
0: football is the largest revenue.
1: I, and yes. And I completely agree with you, but if you give us teams that we can, that we will compete with because we will have the talent and teams do not that, have the talent. You, you you don't think there's good football players within a full 400 mile radius of the University of Memphis, and and oh, don't this, say this, oh they're all going to go to because FedEx has money players, to offer them, they, AutoZone rather... has money to offer them. I mean, come on.
0: They don't have as much money as the Waltons. They don't have as much money as the oil money in Texas. They don't. I don't even know. They, they don't have.
1: have Jerry Jones money. I, I get that with all they don't have over.
0: They don't have over leveraged houses like Ole Miss fans. They'll just take out another loan and donate it all to Lane Kiffin.
1: There's a lot of reasons to come to Memphis. There's a lot of good reasons. There's to come to a Memphis. lot
0: of reasons, and I want it to work out for you. But I'm asking you, I'm begging you, be realistic.
1: I I feel like this it to me. It's mind blowing. It literally is mind blowing. You it can't makes, see it. That's the thing. You're uh, yeah, fan. I guess not. I, I I I'm I'm there's, I okay. thought this through a million times.
0: This, this is this is my final word on this. If every Memphis fan was Drew Dowdy, you'd be in a Power Five conference but they're not a lot of them are delusional. Well, a lot of, you're kind of delusional. A lot of them are Tennessee fans first or Ole Miss fans first, and they will go to the game because they live in Memphis. And it's like, it's a fun weekend thing to do from time to time.
1: How? do you make that switch? You bring a reason to be there. We've got the, we, we're, we're getting the money. We're getting the upgrades in the stadium. If we can you get into a power five, we get the teams. We get the reason to be at the stadium. We get a reason to tailgate it at, at the Liberty bowl at 9. AM. If you get that there, the fans will show up just like they always have.
0: What, what was the stadium average in 2019? 48,000. Do, do you
1: honestly think that more people or less people would show up to a Memphis versus, let's say, Texas. Let's say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's say Texas Tech. You think more pe- less people would show up to a Memphis versus Texas Tech game than a Memphis versus UCLA game? No shot. No yes, shot. I think,
0: yes, I think less people would no show up. No shot. UCLA was ranked at the time. Josh Rosen was a big draft and pick. We there st- were a lot of reasons to go to that game. We
1: still beat them. We were a good team then. We there. There was a That's reason to argument. be there. Not Give the them a reason to be there. They will show up.
0: It might work Come. for one or two years. It's not long-term sustainable. There is no. You haven't proven it's long-term sustainable with your basketball team that has a a number one recruiting class year in and year out. I think it's more and long-term. Term I think it's more too. I think
1: it's more long-term sustainable than it is short-term.
0: Penny only has one win in the. Because y'all lost to FAU in the first round this year. I know. He's got one, and then he lost to Gonzaga in the second round last year. That was his first win. All right. While you're looking that up, I've got some other notables I want to talk about. UCF, Cincinnati, BYU all joined the Big 12. Which one's going to have the best season? Which one's going to have the worst? And Houston. I forgot Houston. TF. I think BYU has the best year but they also have the toughest schedule because they're playing at Arkansas. Cincinnati has the worst.
1: It blows my mind that, that BYU just is good year after year, considering the school they are. It really does. I mean, it literally they're, they're, blows my mind.
0: I think consistent is better a better term for them than good because they weren't that good whenever they beat Tennessee, but they've gotten pretty consistently good since. they were. I mean, they weren't supposed to be good. I think they ended up eight wins that year. Notre Dame, do you think they take a step forward with Marcus Freeman or a step back? They are also p- probably going to end up joining the Big Ten at some point. If, if I had to guess, they were eight and four last year, but they did beat Clemson. They play USC again this year. I think they play Clemson again this year. Might play Miami. I think they take a step forward. I don't think I that was they're... just about
1: to say that. I, I think they also. T- take a step forward, and this is what happens. I think they're taking a step
0: forward because they're losing their offensive coordinator, who is now at the University of Alabama.
1: Get in a good conference where you bring, I mean, not not like Notre Dame has the same problems that we have, but I'm just saying. Notre Dame is
0: the biggest brand in football. They don't need a conference to attract people to the game. Well. Colorado. What is the ceiling for Colorado? Seven wins. I think it's six, and I think the floor is a lot more likely than the ceiling. The floor is one win. No shot. The floor is one, yeah. I think one win is more likely than six. I have them winning four, though.
1: Memphis hat. Yeah, you're right. We only have one win. We beat Boise State. God damn, that's true. We beat Boise State, lost to Gonzaga, then we lost to FAU. All right, continue.
0: I'm always right. Col- they play- So Colorado plays a very tough schedule. They play mm-hmm. TCU to open the year. I think they play Nebraska. I gotta, I'm got pulling up their schedule now.
1: Dion wanted it like that, which I thought was a little odd. I love his, like, oh, we want to th- play the best team stuff. But, I mean, you, you ain't there yet, brother. I
0: think it'll work out long term. But short term, going to be some growing pains. Of course, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They open at TCU. Nebraska comes to Colorado. Nebraska's not going to be a great team. I mean, they're rebuilding mm-hmm. under Matt Rule. Colorado State, that's a winnable game. At Oregon, loss. USC, loss. At Arizona State, I think that's a winnable game. Stanford's a winnable game. At UCLA, loss. Oregon State, loss. Arizona, toss. toss. You really State, think toss. they
1: lose to U- U- UCLA? Yeah. I don't know. I-, I think one of those games you ruled as a loss, I think they win.
0: Okay. One of those games that probably ruled as a win or a toss up. They're probably going to lose. Do you,
1: are, do you not like Shadir? Is that, is that his name? Shadir, their, their, their quarterback, his son, Shadir?
0: I mean, I think it's fine. I just think there's better out there.
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I mean,
0: he's replace the whole team. You're still
1: going to put in a system. He's probably the
0: eighth best quarterback in that conference. Let's see. Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, DJ Ugalele. whoever's at UCLA. Yeah, I mean. At, is Cam Rising still at Utah? That's going to bug me. I think he is, but he's also a million years old. Yeah, seven or eight.
1: Yeah, he he's still at Utah. He'll be there this year. I just looked him up.
0: As of right team. now, what is your playoff?
1: It is it is LSU, Georgia, Michigan, USC with a push from Ohio State, Clemson, and K-State. Or excuse me, excuse me, take Clemson away. Florida State, Ohio State, my, and K-State.
0: My four are Georgia, Michigan, USC, Florida State. I have an honorable mention to Texas because I think there's a path there. I think if they beat Alabama – That Alabama game is going to be like the pit game for Tennessee was last year. If you win that game, you springboard towards a very good season. If you lose that game, you're probably going 7-5, and and it's same old, same old business as usual. So Texas is in my honorable mention. Washington is in my honorable mention. I'm really high on them. And then, you know, Tennessee's there too. I think Tennessee's going to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa.
1: You really don't think K State could put together a, a season enough to to make it in the in the final in the final four?
0: I think a ten and one Tennessee, a ten and one Texas, are more appealing than a ten and one or eleven and one Kansas State. I said ten and one. I'm in eleven and one. I I don't I don't hate that. Early Heisman outlook. Do you want me to give mine? Yeah, I would like you to give yours. Drake May and Caleb Williams, two guys we've already talked about. Blake Corum will be on the early watch list. He won't win it because he's not even the best running back on his team, but he'll get really good numbers. And running, it's hard for running backs to win that award. Jordan Travis, the quarterback for Florida State, he will be talked about. After they beat LSU, he will probably be towards the front of the discussion. If Quinn Ewers beats Alabama, he will jump to the top of that discussion. It doesn't matter what Alabama's season turns into, but he will be there. And then last on my list, Joe Milton. I
1: knew he was coming.
0: Joe Milton would be a finalist. Jordan
1: Travis, Quinn Ewers, Caleb Williams, and I think someone that people need to watch out for who had a really good season last year, and I don't even necessarily think the team's going to be that good. I'm kind of even scared to say this Raheem Sanders for Arkansas. He had a really good season last year. I think he's going to have an even better season this year. And with KJ Jefferson being as good as they are, I think that that RPO thing that, that they could run could really benefit his, his game.
0: I agree with you on everything you said. The only problem is five lost running backs. Don't win the Heisman. (laughs) It's a good point, but I'm I mean, ready. I'm about to. I'm about to predict Joe Milton's stats for this year. Are you ready? Memphis lost four. D- D'Angelo wasn't even a husband. Okay. Yeah. Go. Four thousand passing yards, thirty-five touchdowns, five interceptions. Five. Hendon Hooker threw three last year and three the year before. Hendon Hooker might have thrown two last year.
1: I think seven is like conservative.
0: He, his nickname's
1: Overthrow Joe.
0: Yeah, but he's not throwing he, 10 and 0 yeah. last year. <laughs> done, sure. 64% completion rate. Yeah. 4,000 passing yards, it. 35 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 62% completion rate.
1: He will be a Heisman contender with those numbers, and all this hair you're seeing me rub will be off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's everything I have in my notes. Do you have anything you want to add?
1: No, I really need LSU oh, to win this uh, game
0: tonight. Jaden Daniels is also someone that's going to be watched. but That's somebody I kind of forgot about who I also think will, will, will be. Ah, dude, I'm so not high on LSU. I know everyone else is. I know, it is. blows I, my mind. Well, look at their schedule. They play Florida State's open the year. I think Florida State's pretty good. They play Alabama at Alabama. And, you know, Saban's going to have that game circled. I think they play A&M at A&M. I can't remember.
1: They also lost to A&M last year, though.
0: Yeah, I know. Do they have another weird out-of-conference game? I Do you think, or would you
1: be willing to get on the bandwagon if they beat Florida State? <sighs>
0: I'm not. Let, on let me let
1: me let, 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 let me rephrase that. Would you be hotter on LSU if they beat Florida State, or would you be more critical of Florida State if they lost to LSU?
0: I mean, it depends how the game would go. Probably more critical of Florida State. I mean, whoever loses that game, I think I'm going to end up being more critical of, just because of how that game went last year, because there were a lot of mistakes last year. Yeah.
1: LSU struggled at the beginning of the year, though.
0: They, did. I mean, y'all
1: cook them behind the woodshed. That, was an, like a, yeah, that was an ass beating, like I yeah, that was an ass beating like I haven't seen in a long time. That was a ass beating.
0: I so, it was in my head. I remember us beating like hanging sixty and fifty points on Missouri and South Carolina the year before. So that LSU blowout gets lost in the shuffle whenever I think of big blowouts. But that game was such a big game. I think the pit game is like what springboarded us towards the season. Beating Florida was blew the doors wide open. And from that point, it was like, this is going to be special. And we went in knowing, like, you beat LSU, you're going to be undefeated playing Alabama. And the team was ready. LSU scored one touchdown, and it was because it was on a drive where Tennessee had a lot of penalties. If those penalties don't get called, LSU might not score a touchdown, and we're talking like 40 to 6, 47 to 6.
1: It was ugly, man. I can't think of a
0: bigger SEC blowout than that. Other. Yeah. Yeah. But that is our way too early college football preview. We will go more in depth on some teams as we approach. Right now, our schedule as it looks now this episode will be this week, Delusional Fans will be next week we will do a very special episode after that where we will have the delusional fans ask me questions on how I think Tennessee will do. Because as you all know, I'm always right, but I'm also the most delusional whenever it comes to certain things. Delusional round two. Yeah, Joe Milton's going to be a Heisman finalist.
1: Mm, We'll see.
0: But thank you so much for watching. Please follow us on Twitter at BadTakeBlake underscore. Follow us on YouTube at BadTakeBlake. If you're listening to us, you're probably listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please like Subscribe, give us a five-star rating, leave a comment, interact with us on Twitter. And as always, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.